Good morning, Patriots, and welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. I am your host, Eddie Smith, and we have a special guest for you today, Patricia Ray, children's author, and she has written some things. We've talked a few times, and and Patricia um, has really done what we've talked about here quite a bit. We, We often say that we need to take a page out of the playbook of those on the left, and let me explain what I mean by that. They start at a very young age. They have made their way into our educational institutions. They've made their way into our medical community. They have crept and crawled their way into every corner of life that you and I enjoy. And that grassroots movement has gotten them from where they were to where they are today. And I've often said we need to combat that. We need to start at a very young age. We need to start teaching our children. We We need to educate them on the ways of the left. They need to be able to recognize the enemy. They need to be able to combat the lies that they encounter on an everyday basis. Hell, as soon as they go outside your door, when they attend school, um, this is, this is not hyperbole. This is quite literal. And the battle is real. Those who are waiting for the revolution to begin, you're late, my friends, it has already started. So with that, I would like to bring up Patricia and uh, Patricia, welcome to the Patriots Prayer Podcast. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. Thank you for the warm welcome and the invite. You're very, very welcome. So, Patricia, I, uh, as I stated to you, I, I went over your book and, 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 and the the harem. Um, I loved the analogy. I'll be honest with you. You likened it to the face mask uh, today. So you drew a parallel between the way they 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 would do uh, they would wear the harems back in the day to wearing the face mask today, so I mean obviously this is this is something that you've this is how long have you been writing? Oh my gosh, since I could walk, um, <laughs> it's just something I've always been able to do, and so uh, it was what, more what did something you I to step out and do it like this though on this kind of a level. What made you take this? <sighs> so. Basically, during COVID, I just, I got really mad. Um, I got really, really mad. You're not And alone. I couldn't, yeah. And I really, I couldn't do much about it because I was living in a very blue state um, at the time. And it, it was like everybody around me was brainwashed. And the only outlet I had was my childhood hobby of writing. Mm-hmm. And so the first story I wrote is actually in Tales of American Idiocy. It's called Delilah the Brave. It's about a deer, and it's an analogy for COVID. And um, basically, there's a Dr. Fauci-like figure in there. Um, and it's about um, this these this group of deer being told that the hunter's going to get you, the hunter's going to get you unless you, you know, we lock down everything, and you can't have any fun, and you have to wear these heavy coats made of this foliage and everything. And so uh, that's the Dr. Fauci figure. There's this one named Delilah that says, you know, something's not right here. And so she goes and she actually uh, meets the hunter and starts talking to him and figures out that, no, he's not going to kill them all. He just needs one buck to feed his family and he can only afford one buck tag. (laughs) I don't know if you're familiar with the tag system, if you've ever been hunting. Absolutely. Absolutely. uh, yeah, so she figures that out and she's like, um, you know, this isn't the truth. 
And I don't want to spoil the rest of the story for you, but that's in the book. Um, and I just, uh, if I could just correct one little thing, this book, Tales of American Idiocy, while it is a lot of the stories children could read, I didn't specifically design it for children. Okay. But I have had a lot of teens and I have had a lot of, um, you know, like 13, 12, 13 year olds and up read it and they've really liked it. Mm -hmm. But um, I do use a lot of big words um, and there are a lot of uh, hidden analogies and references in there. Well, that's, that's not uh, that automatically, as soon as you say you're using big words, that automatically curtails most liberals from being able to read it anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. I, you know, yeah. I've, I, I try on in my own right, you know, I have a grandson, he's uh, seven years old now. And I, uh, I live this life that, that I, I play out in front of this camera uh, all day long, every day. Um, it's who I am. I don't have one personality for when I'm not behind the camera versus when I am, I'm preaching the same thing. And this, this, this little guy, he mimics me and he says some things to me that just make me so damn proud when I hear him say them. And, uh, you know, I, I really do feel, like I said in the beginning here, that there, there is such a need, there's such a vacuum that needs to be filled there. There's, there's a need for a grassroots movement to go out into the community on every level, on every single level. You, you hear a mi uh, about a million different uh, kinds of LGBTQ clubs and this kind of club and that kind of club. There's a million clubs. There are no clubs for uh, conservatives, right? Because it's kind of taboo. Right. There, I right. Mean, I've, I've had people consider the fact that I'm conservative to the degree that I am or Christian to the degree that I am and just immediately assume that I'm like some, you know, racist uh, you know, it, it's just really what's what's in their minds. That's what's been programmed in their minds. Yeah, yeah. We have to set that these records sad. straight. Yeah, we have to set the record straight. I, I uh, we go each year to a men's group uh, where we go up hunting, fishing, four wheeling. It's called Wild at Heart. So it, it's a, it's it's hosted by uh, a man that I work with, uh, a really great man. And um, we get up there and every year we call in a group of uh, ex-cons, prisoners that would that, that really haven't been out of prison very long. Uh, but they most of them haven't been out of the city uh, all that much. So they're seeing a lot of these things and experiencing a lot of these things that we're taking them into for the very first time. And here's the thing. So you get <laughs> imagine this. Right. You get a whole group of flag waving American conservative, mainly white guys up on a mountain in the middle of Utah in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden this bus hope for prisoners on the side comes reeling up. And all of these guys have this impression in their mind. They have no idea what they're getting ready to step into. And then when they get off the bus and they're greeted with hugs and they're and 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 with respect and dignity, and all they see is that people want to help them. People want to get them from A to B. Want to get them jobs. They want to get them plugged back into the community. They want to unprogram them from the things they've been told. Uh, that they've been told who we were before they ever met us. And it is such an amazing thing to see the wall come down. 
I mean, you see it like where they, what they think they're walking into, who they think you are. And then all of a sudden this wall just comes down to every preconceived notion they have just dissolves. And it, and it's an amazing yeah. thing to do. And, and that's, that's why I said, we need to communicate. We need to reach out. We need to have grassroots movements and talk to people. And it, it's really, really important. And what you're doing is, is a big part of that. Yeah. Well, um, just, if I might comment on the racial issue, I do have a story in there called Black Lizards Matter. Um, I use uh, anthropomorphism quite a bit in this book. Um, five of the seven stories deal with animals. And um, that story, Black Lizards Matter, is kind of a coming of age story. It involves a tween lizard going into town with an elder and uh, just kind of experiencing some of the differences in the how the city lizards are versus the country lizard. And he makes a friend who has been told all these things about gray lizards. And, you know, she realizes it's not true. And she realizes that the, the black lizards matter movement is communist. Um, I talk about <laughs> communism in that story. Um, I love it. And it's, it's, it kind of takes a jab at the education system too, because Trey, it, the main character in my story, the tween lizard, he's homeschooled. And he knows what communism is. And Tanisha, his friend who he meets, she's never heard of communism, but she has heard of critical reptile theory. Um, so I love this. The, uh, <laughs> so that's, I, I'm, you know, I, I love George Orwell. I yeah, fell absolutely. absolutely in love with Animal Farm. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And I just saw everything that was going on around me and then coupled couple that with the fact that I am also an animal lover. I mean, I'm one of those people I would hug a gator if I knew it wouldn't bite me. Um, I did. I actually did. We went, we <laughs> went, gator. I'm so I, jealous. I, I promise you, I, I, I will go through my photos <sighs> on my digital and I will send you the picture. I, um, we were, oh, in please ex, do. Ex, we were in Ixtapa, Mexico. We were, we were on one of, uh, an excursion, a shore excursion. We were on a cruise and Ixtapa, they have uh, just gators running around everywhere. They're just everywhere. And these people oh, just wonderful. live amongst, they just live amongst <laughs> these gators that walk across the street. And it's it's crazy. Oh. So I, I get off the ship and we're walking down and I just, I'm not afraid of, I, I got a python. I'm that guy, right? I love, you know, all the reptiles. That's okay. Absolutely That's love okay. <laughs> and uh, so I see this gator walking across the street, just a couple feet in front of this guy. So I assumed it was his uh -huh. gator. It was just, no, it's not mine. It's just, it's there. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. I'm just going to pick it. I'm just going to pick it up. So I did. <laughs> I just straight. Pick, picked it up. And uh, I'm, oh, not as, I'm not it. as brave as my buddy, Aaron, um, who petted, pet a bear. I'm not kidding you there either. I promise you. <laughs> All these stories are crazy, but they're true. Uh, I'm jealous to, of him too. <laughs> he's, all, I told him, he says, he said, you, he said, uh, uh, you can't run away from a bear. I said, just faster than you, buddy. That's all I need to do is run faster than you. He was, the bear was eating out of a dumpster. Once again, we were at a, a, a men's oh camp up, up in Big Bear. <laughs> uh, you, are you familiar? I mean, in your state, right? Big Bear? Um, Big Bear I, I've heard of it. Okay, so uh, we're, we're, I, we're up in a place called Cedar Crest, and uh, uh -huh. there it's a it's a camp, it's a Christian camp, and we threw away a bunch mm -hmm. of tri tip that night, and this bear decided he was going to get him some tri tip, <laughs> and Aaron decided he was going to get a, a picture of the bear. So 
we're getting we're venturing closer. The Bears paying absolutely no attention, zero attention. And so we just get mm-hmm. a little bit closer. And Aaron is like arm's length away from this bear. And I'm 20 feet back. And and that's still too close for me, really. But I'm worried about Aaron. So he reaches out and he says, take a picture. And it's midnight. The picture barely came. I was like, fuzzy. We know what the picture is of. Uh, but he's he reaches his hand <laughs> out and lays his hand right on the bear's back. I kid you oh, not. Oh, my goodness. And... It, wow. yeah, just just <laughs> nuts absolutely nuts well, I, I apologize uh, I that's okay i i'm jealous i'm jealous of him and i'm jealous of you but speaking of alligators there's a, a story about alligators in my book and that is an analogy for covid and for um you know us it it, it goes into experimenting on children mm-hmm. um and uh one of the lines from that story is you know all the adult gators are basically hypnotized by this drug that they're taking. I don't want to spoil it for you, but he refuses, one refuses, his name is Dwight, and he's ordered to go isolate himself. Well, um, the drug doesn't solve the problem. And so they start going after the baby gators and a couple of the baby gators start dying. And so the baby gators don't like this. And so they go to Dwight, who's kind of the only gator that didn't take it. And he asks, they ask uh, Dwight to hide him, to, to hide them. And the line from that story is night after night, Dwight took them in because in his opinion, baby gators were just that, baby gators, not mm-hmm. animals to be laid on the altar of a society's fear. Yeah. So um, that, yeah, I, I love alligators. Um, I use them. Um, Hopefully, if God is gracious enough, I will get a chance to use every animal in his kingdom before I die in some kind of Orwellian tale um, that pokes fun as, at our societal ills. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where God takes me. My next book is actually an extension of this one. Um, if you look at the cover, it's got an orange cat wearing a tinfoil hat. I saw that. That's Chester. Yep, that's Chester, the conspiracy cat. And um, he has been <laughs> guys, I'm going to have, I'm going to have these pictures and the description and all the, when, when I post it. So if you're looking at this, go down to the description, I'm going to have references and all to everything she's talking about. Yeah. Just- so anyway, I'm going to be continuing Chester's adventures and that book will be geared towards children. Now this one, again, it's, kids could read it. There's nothing in it that's, you know, like there's no erotica or anything crazy like that. There's nothing horribly inappropriate. Oh, it's, just, Never mind <laughs> <laughs> it's just some of the things are going to fly over their heads and some sure. of the language, you know, I do use big words in this one. So children are smarter but, than we give them credit for. Uh, I'll be honest mm-hmm. with you. Uh, very much smarter than we ever give them credit for, but you know, it's, um, it's your way of fighting back. And I think that yeah. uh, you're in the fight and, and, and we got to respect that. And I tell people all the time today, some people don't really understand how literal I mean this, but you're either helping or you're hurting. The neutrality is out the window. Um, today we, we are in a fight for the soul of our country. And um, these people who we think uh, have our best interests at heart really don't at all. They they really care less about they care less about us. 
um, they are interested in their their cells. This is a government by the government for the government. Um, yes, as you, 100%. If you it, it is, and if you would have saw the interview that uh, I had with um, with uh, David Baumblatt, uh, ex FBI agent turned whistleblower, uh, he details uh, very graphically how uh, conversations that he's had with FBI leadership where they say the constitution is just a suggestion. It's just a suggestion and that it's not the, it's, it's yeah. not their, not their death warrant. Meaning like uh, they will, they will absolutely consider that constitution until it gets in the way, in the way of anything they're trying to do. And then in the name of national security, they will absolutely trash that. And uh, just, and there's no repercussion. There's absolutely no repercussion. He said and echoed the same sentiment that we saw on Capitol Hill when the FBI whistleblowers came out and testified there, which was in his final statement and said, if there's any advice that you can give to anyone that would want to come forward and be a whistleblower, uh, what would that be? And he said, don't. Don't. You have mm. no You have no idea how powerful these people are. You have no idea how cruel they can be. And David echoed that same exact sentiment. And um, for that reason, I, I, I say this quite often. I mean, we're we're inundated with hypnotic suggestions, meaning the if when you turn that news station on, when you turn that movie on, when you turn the radio on, and you're listening to music, you're surrounded by uh, people inputting ideas in in your head, and they're painting a picture for you that you don't realize is being painted. And so there's, they're creating the confines of the invisible box in which they want you to exist inside of. Um, they want to create for you what they term to be normal and want you to agree with it. It's only when you disagree with it are you seen as controversial or confrontational or anything. You notice that everyone can have an opinion and it's only controversial when a conservative speaks. So it's... right. That's 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 the kind of world we live in. And it's sad, but it's very true. Um, we we need to bring so much awareness. That's why I do this. That's exactly why I do this. If everybody had the ability to go out and say what they wanted and, and truth. Right. And we were in and it was respected. Um, we wouldn't have to do this. It, it wouldn't be so controversial, wouldn't be so divisive. When we used to adhere to this thing called tolerance, we used to be able to agree to disagree. I used to have uh, Thanksgiving, we'd have liberal family members and conservative family members, and we'd be able to sit down and have a meal and disagree and love one I remember one those days. But now it's gotten to this level, and this is how I explain it. If yeah. someone can see the things going on on the left today, where they're going after children, where they're, it's not funny anymore. It's not just the opposite side of the political coin. It's not just someone who has a differing op a political opinion, but we have the same goal for our country. In mind. One political party has every intention of tearing down the current system and throwing it in the trash and shredding your constitution and going after your children and getting rid of your values and upending reality as you know it. They are. I mean... Can you imagine when we were going to school, um, a, a boy going into the girls' locker room to take a shower next to the girls that were in the shower? This, this, no. I mean, that, that would have lasted one second. 
And yeah, today, today we're told that we have to accept this. And so the little girls that are in these situations are oppressed. They are oppressed. It's not the, the less right. than 1% of people who identify as trans um, that are oppressed. No, because what they're asking us to do is throw our values in the trash and change everything we stand for and believe in as a culture. This is not about right and left. This is about right and wrong. They have written a part for good society. and evil. Yeah, it is. It, they've written a part for society in their minds. They have a part for you to play. And they get mad at you when you don't go along with the script that they have for you in their minds. And the medical community has failed them by telling them, this is true. This is what you are. You're okay. This is who you are. And then they call words violence when they say, well, you, you're denying the, my right to exist. When in fact, I'm not. Um, you remember growing up, we had uh, cult uh, uh, culture, uh, what was it called? Boy George's band, uh, Culture Club. <laughs> That's culture Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, remember Karma Chameleon? We had uh, Elton John. We had, mm-hmm. we had people in the Mike, George Michael. We had people back then who we knew uh, were in that lifestyle. We didn't dislike them. We right. liked their music, everything, but they weren't telling us how we had to think. They weren't telling us how we had to feel. They weren't upending our no. values. They just said, this is my choice, my decision that I want to live out in my life. I'm not forcing it on anyone. And for that right, reason, right, right. we could all agree to disagree, get along, and it was okay. This is not what's going on today. This is exactly the no. opposite of what's going on today. So do you, no. do, do, I mean, do you, do you have, I mean, do you have these things happening in your state and your, your school district? Are you, do you hear these types of scenarios and stories around you? So not where I'm at um, because I have relocated to somewhere that's very red. (laughs) Um, But uh, you know, I I've heard of different things where I used to live. Um, A couple of the places that I used to live. uh, I've heard about different things. Um, I actually am working on a collection of ghost stories and uh, one of them, there's a transgender story in it. And it actually, my theory is that some of it is demon possession. Because yeah. if you look at the language in the Bible, we are legion, we are many. You know, the, they, the demonic, yeah, they always speak in the plural. That's right. Um, right. So it, it's very interesting to me. Um and, you know, if you haven't ever read the Bible or you're not familiar with it, it would be very easy to fall into that trap. Or, or you know, maybe you've read it, but you don't believe in it. You don't see the value in it. Um, mm-hmm. Then, of course, you know, somebody could fall into that trap. I also think people that, um, you know, maybe if you're a woman, you don't meet what societal standards of beauty are. You don't think that you meet those standards. Mm-hmm. Um then you might think, oh, you know, I could never be the perfect woman. I must be non-binary or I must be a man or something. And the same this thing is the with educational men. Um, doing that. Yeah. I right. Agree. The same thing with men. You know, if you're not a big, buff, burly, 80s action figure looking dude, oh, you know. Like me, okay. Yeah. If you're not right, like me. You know, maybe <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> so I think so, the kids, um, they get confused, you know, and it, it's sad because they're impressionable. And this is exactly the story we hear from people who uh, have detransitioned, people who transition, transition back. Uh, 
people who were basically brainwashed and manipulated uh, into taking puberty blockers and uh, and then want to make you know the other decision later like I, I, this was a mistake but the damage is done and it can't be undone and you your body and your life is forever changed and um you know i've seen people break down I, i've heard, i've seen if you watched matt walsh's movie uh what is a woman i yeah. i think that it it's an amazing documentary for anyone who has not seen what is a woman please go watch this movie you will completely understand uh by the time this movie's over exactly how far gone these people are and I don't say that in a way because I, I want to put them down um, because I, I really don't. When, when, I'm, when I'm fighting with this culture, what I'm doing is fighting to maintain our own and, and fighting to protect kids. People say all the time, God is love. Yes, God is love. Um, but because God loves, he must hate. If he loves what is good, he must hate that which is evil. So when right. you when you see these things that are evil, I, I don't really want to hurt the person's feelings, pride, or any of that. I, I don't want to go at them with without them understanding the love or intention of my heart. All too often, the left convicts us anyway by what they think we're thinking. They convict us of you said it early or well. So they're often convicting us of thought crimes, and um, yes. because they think they and know the intentions crime. of our hearts. Face crime also. Did you see the the Covenant uh, Catholic kid? You know, he stood there and he smiled. And because he smiled, you know, in the Native American space and what they perceived was a wrong way, of course, mm -hmm. he was guilty before they found out the whole story. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that's right. That's right. Crime. That's mm -hmm. right. Orwell was just, he was such a visionary. And that's why I used, you know, his, his anthropomorphism in my, yeah, that's why I used um, his anthropomorphism in my book. I just... I just fell in love and I was like, well, I, I hope I can do something similar. And I, so far the reviews have been telling me that I have, but I That's don't know. Awesome. Let the, let your viewers be the judge out there. So that, that, <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. And, and it, this is the thing. Look, I, I've, I love writing. I, I have always like yourself, I have loved writing uh, all my life. And, and I'm one of those people for me, I'm an artist, right? So drawing and all these things I, I spend hundreds of hours on a on a on a picture and i i love it and um i always have a picture in my head of something that you know my masterpiece the one in my mind that i try to create when i sit down and i'm doing that and i'm spending that time um i can never quite get it and i think most good artists uh feel the same way they have something in their mind that they're trying to create and it's that journey of trying to create it that makes them who they are this is this is how most great artists are, whether it, it where it's writing, drawing, painting, whatever it is. I think that's the thing that drives us is that 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 will to want to get the message that which is inside of us out so that other people can understand the passion that drives us to do it to begin with. Um, I had it in mind to create these ad libbed, uh, somewhat fictional, somewhat uh, hypothetical scenes or skits and and turn them into short stories for instance we we understand um that joe biden is the most corrupt president to ever hold office ever zero i mean ever i would agree, I would agree. <laughs> and and he is um we know by way we didn't we, we don't necessarily had to have been 
in those conversations that whatever took place behind the scenes, we can surmise exactly what took place because we know the, all the rest of it. We're just, so what I want to do is I want to write a story, a hypothetical story, of course, based on what I think or me theorizing on what I believe took place that we don't know to fill in those gaps. And some of it'll be funny. Some of it, you know, but I, I, I really do feel that they wouldn't be far off from the truth. Um, if you ever seen the movie, my son Hunter, um, they took some liberties in that movie, but I absolutely believe they were very close and they nailed the, the phone conversations that we heard between Porchenko and, uh, and Joe Biden detailed for us exactly who he really is. And then when we got a hold of Miranda Devine's book, the laptop from hell, um, it filled in a lot of those blanks, a lot of those blanks. So if anyone ever wants to get a really good idea of who they really are, go look at how they talk privately, go download, go download those phone calls and get that book. You will understand exactly who these people are. They are not who you think they are. And, uh, it's up to us to try to shed some light on that. And it's also up to us to stand up for Americans and give them a platform wherever we can to help people grow and to help teach people who are like-minded. What's the saying here? I wear it on my wrist. Uh, iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel. And uh, I I wear these everywhere I go. It's it just a reminder for me um, that I, I'm not my own. Uh, I belong to God and everything that I do, every I'm, I'm a slave to, to him. And it just like what Paul said. And uh, so it it doesn't really matter what people think of me. And um, I blaze this trail uh, all day, every day. And uh, I'm preaching every time someone gives me an opportunity to, and in doing that, you're going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. There are people that see some of the things that I've said on here that I meet in my personal life and they say, I don't really like the fact that you said such and such or you did such and such. And I I tell them point blank, well, okay. <laughs> that's that's absolutely <laughs> your prerogative to feel however you feel. And uh I think I think we need to get to a point as Christians where we um fear God more than we fear man. You're okay? so right. Um, I, a lot of the things I've written in that book are going to make the left very angry. They have made the left very angry. Well, you don't uh, want the devil agreeing with you. <laughs> but I'm more afraid of God than I am of those people. Um, and I'm more afraid of God than I am of Joe Biden. And I'm more afraid of God than I am of the FBI. Oh, by the way, that reminds me, it's Tuesday. You know, every Tuesday I say hello to my FBI agent. Um, you know, the joke <laughs> is that uh, every one of us on the right has an FBI agent watching us. So if I could just take a moment and say hello to Jim. <laughs> Hi, Jim. I don't know if that's his real name, you know, but I, I just, you know, it, life is so boring for Jim. I mean, all he does is he just sees me post animal memes and, um, you know, write goofy little stories. So I just I just want Jim to know that I appreciate him. So, Jim, I hope you're doing well. OK, take care of yourself. That's awesome. I, I think I'm going to start doing that. <laughs> I think I'm actually going to take Tuesday. a page from you. I, I, I love it's it. Talk I, to your FBI agent Tuesdays. 
Well, I tell you what, I, n- I never considered that little old insignificant Eddie would be anyone for anyone to watch ever. I mean, the most boring person ever. Um, but <laughs> if, uh, if they, if they, I, after, after said interviews and things like that, that I've gone and some of the things that I've posted, I have to believe that anyone who fights for or against the things that I'm doing um, will had to have taken notice at this point. But that's why I make it clear all the time, uh, openly, that I do what I do because I love my country. I do what I do because I love my God. And like yourself, um, I fear God more than I fear people. And um, I had an analogy from a young man that I work with, a a brilliant young Christian man. And uh, he said it like this. He said they were on some missions trip. And he said one of the people he was with took this big ball of string and he walks into this place and he and, and everyone's sitting down and getting ready to listen to them deliver a message and he rolls this string all the way across the room like 20 plus feet just nice long straight string and then he takes a an ink pen and he marks a line on the string and he said the rest of the string is eternity that little line i just drew on this piece of paper on this on the string rather that's that's your lifespan so you got a lot more eternity yeah. in you than you do your lifespan. So when you start to look at things like that, when you when it really sinks in, that that's really what it is that we're up against, um, the rest of it kind of just falls by the wayside. Just like you said, the fear subsides and you understand um, you're going to be with God for a lot longer than you're going to be with these people. And you're just you have a mission. You have a journey. And uh, you have a commission. This is what this is what Christ said. I tell people all the time, if you're a Christian and I don't know you're a Christian, are you a Christian? Are you? Because if yeah, I don't know point. it, if I don't know it, how, how can you say it? And do you do you know who Vody Bauckham is or maybe John MacArthur? Um, no, I don't. So Vody Bauckham and John MacArthur, Paul Washer, who is another one. Very great preachers. They preach. I mean, it, the, the kind that the messages that'll just set you on fire It just amazing truths. There are people that don't ha- go along with this new age uh, version of Americanized Christianity where uh, we're just told to sit in the corner, be quiet because we can't judge and God is love. So we must love everybody. Vody Bauckham says that these Christians uh, essentially they they've created an 11th commandment and it says thou shalt be nice and don't listen to the other 10. And I, I love that statement because that's literally what they do. And they and we get told all the time, if we try to call someone out for fake, uh, false or fake doctrine uh, or, or, you know, to, to do that in the church, well, you're dividing the body of Christ. We're not. We're not. It says our, our brethren uh, perish for lack of knowledge. And when we watch these people, these, these ravenous wolves inside, just get in front of a pulpit and, and preach these, invalid terrible messages to people that we consider our brothers and sisters it's incumbent upon us to correct fallacies and to help people so that they can get on the right road and 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 actually find god for real because jesus said in matthews i'm gonna you know i never knew you get away from me. i never knew you and as of recently i did a i think it's like episode 66 or five, I went into the universe, uh, excuse me, the, uh, the United Methodist church and, uh, I had a little pin camera on my lapel 
and they didn't see it. And so they spoke very candidly to me because they ordained people from the LGBTQ community in, in, in the church. And we had a long conversation about it. And I was very amazed at the level to which they just did not care whatsoever what was written in that Bible. They had a church where they followed their feelings and what they thought God was. And one of them right. even told me, they, one of them even told me that Bible was written 2000 years ago. Like it's no longer relevant. This, mm. They have their own church and they teach kids and this is what they teach kids. And it is, I believe our mission to correct this and call them out on their fallacies. And you know, yeah. the more, the more, the better, the bolder we are, the better, but we're going to get pushback. Jesus said they hated him first. So right. do, you, do you encounter that in your everyday life? Do you have people that push back on the messages that you have? And if so, what, what are those situations like for you? Um, I mean, I've just had a couple of, uh, you know, bad reviews here and there, but I can tell that it's from a leftist. And so I don't pay any attention to it. Or, um, you know, one guy, he got upset because I wrote the story Black Lizards Matter and thought that I was crazy for writing that. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I wouldn't pen you for a reptophobe, but, um, sure. you know, that's, that's <laughs> I mean. <laughs> a reptophobe. Okay. <laughs> Well, well, BLM you know, has yeah. completely lost all of its credibility. Not that they had any credibil credibility to begin with, but right. when they posted yeah. that, when they posted that on social media and standing in solidarity with Hamas, there were two chapters who did that. I don't want to paint the other ones with the same brush because there are others uh, that have completely came up off of the message of BLM. In fact, one of the founders of BLM is now a Trump supporter who stands with. Uh, the J6 prisoners and uh, put videos out about it because I was shocked I, to hear it because no one sheds any light on that. No one talks about that. I don't hear that anywhere. Um, well, and, and I, I it's amazing to me. Some, that, I'm sorry. Uh, I think some of them, like, they uh, joined the movement because they thought that they were going to actually help people. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what they thought that it was about was helping people. And then, you know, you realize it isn't what they say it is. And of course, then they, you know, they kind of wake up. <laughs> yeah, they so call it uh, red pilling themselves. That's, that's the terminology right. I've heard. I heard one use, he said, I red pilled myself and I didn't even realize I did it. <laughs> and, 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 and he told a story about how Antifa used to come on the backsides of their, uh, of their uh, protests and go into their communities. Chicago was the one he was detailing. And he said they go into the communities and they would absolutely destroy the community, loot, rob, tear down, set on fire, whatever, and yeah. then dis then disappear. But then stated, I never saw any black Antifa members. He says, and no one knows who these people are. So what if they're the real white supremacists? I mean, they, it's a theory worth went, exploring. Made me think a little bit there. I was like, I, I've never heard anyone uh, say any such thing. Um, they do seem as a group to be very protected by those in charge. We've watched them burn down the uh, police training facility in Georgia, throwing Molotov cocktails in it. We've seen it on camera. Uh, never heard of anyone mm. getting never heard of anyone getting arrested. Um, I interviewed Ashley Babbitt's mother uh, uh, for the Patriots Prayer podcast, and uh, 
we I went in and I did an entire story with the uh, with uh, one of the reporters from Epic Times where uh, we looked at a lot of the video very closely and they did an in-depth dive and investigation into January 6th. And I didn't know this until they pointed it out. And I have the video evidence as well. But there were three men standing around Ashley, actually five, if you count the two Capitol Police officers off to her right side behind her close enough to grab her. And um, yeah. three men around her who snuck the weapons in, covered their face. One of them had on a, a MAGA hat. Um, none of them were with the movement at all. They literally were Antifa. They did their own podcast later where they detailed their plan. They talked about it. One of them even went on an inter- to do an interview with CNN. CNN's got an Antifa member who was there on J6 that broke windows inside the Capitol, did all of these things on video. You know, they didn't even bring up anything that he did. He, they only brought up the fact that Ashley Babbitt was uh, some kind of a traitor or this in, in the interview. But the, here they are talking to an Antifa member who was who threatened a police officer on video, either get out of the way or we're going through going through you and then took a Ooh. stick, and broke the window. And this police officer, Michael Byrd, what a coward. Right. I, I don't defend. Um, the fact that people went into the Capitol. I don't defend the lawlessness that evidently did take place in small pockets, but they did try. Right. To paint, they tried to paint a picture of that day and what actually took place that did not tell the whole story at all as to what took place. There were a lot of respectful people in that Capitol that walked around praying, singing, uh, didn't destroy property. And, and there that was small pockets of people who did that. The only person who got murdered that day, actually murdered, was Ashley Babbitt. And it was she was murdered by a police officer who he, he, he just abuse of power. He was protecting nobody. Everybody had been evacuated. No one was in the room with him. He didn't warn her. There were two police officers to her right, right behind her, that could have just grabbed her. She was about four foot nine, barely over 100 pounds, very small stature, no weapons on her. So his first his first move was to shoot her. Well, when this happened yeah. to Jacob Blake, when this happened to Brittany Taylor, or was it Brittany Taylor? Uh, the, the one in uh, Kentucky, I believe it was Brittany Taylor. And, uh, you know, when these people were in, uh, in Michael, uh, the guy in Ferguson, the one who went for the cop's gun that, you know, and, and, and he lost his life in the process. Jacob Blake yeah. had kids in the back seat whom he kidnapped, but the media, is very irresponsible because they don't tell the entire story. So they egg all of this violence on that happens in the streets. Have you noticed the ever alarming 400,000 cell towers that have gone up in the United States alone? How about the electronics that reside in every room of our homes and Wi-Fi that runs 24-7? 5G cell phones are carried in our pockets hours on end. Common complaints are ringing in the ear, sleep deprivation, palpitations, headaches, memory loss, and so much more. Redemption Shield is on the cutting edge of offering products that protect your family from electromagnetic and microwave radiation. From Faraday bags, earthing bed sheets, Wi-Fi router covers, hats, scarves, bed sanctuaries, this will not be going away anytime soon. We will continue to see only faster speeds, 6G, 7G, and more exposure to EMF than any time in our history. Start protecting yourself now. Go to RedemptionShield.com and get grounded and shielded today. Use code PATRIOT and save 10%. 
they were very irresponsible yeah. with the way that they talked about uh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Uh, made it made Kyle Rittenhouse out to be some type of white supremacist that was there on an anti-protest basis, and he wasn't. He was there giving out just water. A kid. And he, yeah, I, but yeah, they got a, a, kid. a kid that had the sense to have a weapon on him. If he, it would have been his life. And nobody, yeah, nobody considers that. They, 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 the, the, the excuse was, well, well, then why did he have a gun, uh, or why was he there? That's like saying to a woman, uh, if you didn't wear that, you wouldn't have been raped. Or uh, if you didn't leave your house open, it wouldn't have been robbed. As if the people who committed those crimes weren't wrong for doing it. It's it's a really backwards yeah. way of thinking about something and casting blame somewhere it doesn't belong at all. Um, so tell us what's next for you. What do you, what are your what, what are the what are what are you going to do next for us? So I just want to comment on Antifa really quick. There is a sure. book, there's a story in my book, Tales of American Idiocy, called Rose City Riot. This is a Antifa. And okay. it is actually a ghost story. It's really great and wants to get into Hollywood. Um, is it is the I want to say it's yeah, it's the third story in the book. Um, so it um, I don't want to spoil it, but it it's it's really good. I've had really great reviews from it, um, but it is about Antifa. Um, so I cover that and I cover the Black Lives Matter movement um, and I cover the stolen election. Uh, there's another story that's great for we Halloween in there called. Say, we can't say stolen election. <laughs> we can't say that. You would be so surprised how often that I, I, I can't even put these podcasts on YouTube. Uh, because oh, I, br- okay. I bring it up all the time. No, we can say it. Say it all you want. Put a get a big neon sign. I'm a hundred percent behind <laughs> you. It's just that they okay, they thanks. they don't they don't like it. So you were being cute. Okay, I got oh, you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the first story is called uh, "We Know What You Did Last Election," and that okay. is a ghost story also. Um, so that's, there's some great material in there for Halloween. So what's next for me is I'm going to be continuing Chester, the conspiracy cats next adventures. Um, he's going to be fighting the new world order. He's going to be fighting all this climate change stuff. Uh, speaking of books for children, I was very upset that all this climate change fear is being pushed on our children. And so I decided to do something about it and, and, uh, continue Chester's adventures. So he's going to be speaking against that um he's going to be going up to the coots crossing blockade i don't know if you remember when that happened uh the canadian truckers yeah oh yeah canadian truckers yeah they blockaded this big crossing between the u.s and canada which is where i think over 40 million dollars worth of goods passes a day and so basically he goes up to support that and i don't want to ruin the book for you but it's just very um it's going to be very fun. It's going to be for kids. So, um, I mean, I, I'm trying to make it from ages 10 to 110 so that everybody can enjoy it. Uh, if you want to read Chester's first adventure, it's out right now. And basically, um, it is, it's the third from the last story in the book and it is about COVID. Um, and it's about the humans wearing muzzles (laughs) or as I like to call them political veils. Um, 
But uh, so I'll be doing that. I'm going to be doing a collection of ghost stories. Uh, I'm going to try to get that released right before the 2024 election because some of them are a little bit political. And um, I've also got a couple novels in the works. So Chester's Next Adventure should be out this summer. Um, I already told you when the ghost stories will be out. I don't know about the other two novels, um, but those are kind of on the back burner right now as I tighten up these other projects. So that's what I've got in the works for you guys. And of course I have uh, my blog every week, so you can read that in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us your blog. Tell us the name of your blog. Um, It's called, you can only do so much. And I just basically write about what comes to my mind. Um, Last week I posted a piece on political veils. This week I posted a piece called Arabian Nights, American Days. And it's basically about, um, you've heard the story of Aladdin, I'm sure, right? Who hasn't heard of Aladdin? Okay. So what a lot of people don't understand is that Aladdin is just one piece of a bigger story. And the bigger story is that there's this lady named Scheherazade that basically saves herself and her kingdom by telling the Sultan these stories. And I don't want to ruin it for you guys, but Aladdin is one of the stories she tells. And she so um, enamors the king with her ability that she changes his heart. Um, And so that's kind of what I wrote about this week and how that she, there's some speculation about whether she was real or not. Um, Some people say she was. Yeah. In a way, um, same people say she was, some people say she wasn't, um, you know, who knows, but it doesn't matter if she was real or not. She's kind of one of my role models. So I wrote about that and I just write little pieces on whatever comes to my mind. And I post once a sure. week on Goodreads. That's awesome. So on Goodreads. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, what if, <clears throat> if you were to say that you know, there's one cause above all else. We have so much fodder, you know, that that's going on, whether it be trying to protect the children or, or, or uh, political influence at, at school and that route or what's going on uh, in Israel right now with Hamas. And uh, there's so much bad happening around us. What would your advice be? What, what, what do you say that we need to do that is intentional, something that we can do uh, to try to fight back against this culture that seems to be just inundating us from all sides all the time, not just us, but our children. What, 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 what do you, what do you recommend? So I think you need to start with the fact that everyone has value and everyone has a calling and everyone has talents and abilities. And it's different depending upon who you are and how God made you. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't tell you, you know, what your talent is, although you do have a very nice radio voice. So I assume it's that. Um, I can't tell someone else what their talent is. They have to speak to God about that. And they have to look inside themselves and figure out what they're good at and then go with it. Um, And maybe just pick one thing to focus on at a time. You know, you can't take on everything. Um, I have a problem with that myself. Yeah, the title of my blog is You Can Only Do So Much, because it's true. You, you can, you can only do so much. But you can pick one or two things, and um, you can go for that. Yeah, and, you can do one or two things very well, or yeah. you can do 10 things terribly. 
And, and that's, I've had to learn that the hard way because I, I tend to want to take on the world by myself and uh, I, I, I burn the candle at both ends and it's very, very, very difficult at times because there's just so much more I want to do. And I find myself in the, in these positions where I was just like, um, I really at times want to convince people of what's happening that just don't understand, don't know, or brainwashed. And I just, I, I'm always looking for ways to try to uh, explain and convince and prove. And, and that's, and that's where all of the explaining comes in with, with doing the podcast in, in, in different uh, anthropological views of how to look at how humans react to society and what's good and what's bad in that aspect to try to show them the antics that the left employees quite often to try to cause a divide between uh, people in this country that otherwise would get along if there are certain people that weren't in the middle to antagonize some of the stuff that we see happening. But although that may be the case, it does leave us with no option uh, when we're being attacked, but to fight back. And I I tell people all the time, um, there's a time and a place for everything and even a time and a place to fight and the fight doesn't always have to be, you know, in the streets. It's, it's happening. This is, this is fighting. This is what we're doing when we're having these conversations, when we're talking about these things and bringing awareness, that's our fight. That's what it is. When, when these people are out there telling lies and we call them out, that's our fight. And that's what we're called to do. And that's exactly what we should do. So we we continue this fight. However, God blesses us with the ability to do so. We all have our own types of arrows and quivers, and um, and yours is writing. I and uh, mine is. I haven't quite figured it out. This is part of it. This is definitely part of it. But there is so much more that I want to do. And at times, there's I just feel like a bundle of energy that just wants to explode because I there's so much more in an outlet for me to just get involved and, and talk to people and uh, and it's coming. God has been very good and shown me a lot of favor to open doors up uh, and constantly tells me, you're not ready for that one. You're not ready for that one. And then throughout the right. years, he opened them as I was ready for them. And uh, it's his timing, not mine. And I've had to learn that through the years and uh, slowing down is a good thing. You get more done going slower sometimes than you will going 100 miles per hour. You're absolutely right. You are absolutely right. Anything you want to say? Anything you want to say to close us out here? Um, just thank you for having me on the show. Um, You're very don't give up hope. Um, they, you know, just do what you can do and don't worry about the rest. That's right. That's right. And as usual, patriots, as usual, the silent majority. You need to stop being silent and stand your ground. We'll see you next time on the Patriots Prayer Podcast. Have a good day. My people of this country and we're under attack. They banning us, they cancel us for speaking the facts. If you man enough, come stand with us, take USA back. And every time we pull up, all your gun is seized.